We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, uh, thanks so much for being with us. Hour number two is underway at eight minutes past 10 o'clock on this free-for-all Friday edition of the Bob France Authority. <clears throat> thanks again to uh, Kathy Barnett. Joined us uh, last segment. Uh, uh, really, really important stuff about race in this election and more importantly about race in America and why it is that every single thing that we say about a minority ethnic group must be considered racist. It was born in China. The Wuhan virus was born in Wuhan, China. It is not racist to acknowledge that. And that is, in fact, the central part of of disease response and disease control, figuring out where it began, what was the origin, who is patient zero, how did it get spread. That is part of the job. And you know who knows that? Everybody knows that, including liberals, no matter what they say. How do we know that? Because they themselves called it the Wuhan China, or Wuhan China, excuse me, the Wuhan virus, or the Chinese virus, again and again and again. Now they want you to think if Kevin McCarthy says it, or if Donald Trump says it, it's a racist This is all happening at a time that we're starting to see a message shift here, because you're starting to hear the Republicans, especially Trump Co., calling it the Wuhan, or the Chinese coronavirus. They're looking for someone to blame. Concern is growing this morning over an outbreak of a new SARS-like virus in China. At least six people have died from the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The 34-year-old ophthalmologist diagnosed Saturday with the Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan virus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. What more can you tell us about the similarities or differences between SARS and the Wuhan coronavirus? The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus in China. The Wuhan uh, coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan 
uh, coronavirus. Wuhan coronavirus. Fears continue to grow over the outbreak of the Wuhan coronavirus. Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. The Wuhan coronavirus. We have new information about how the Wuhan coronavirus is spread. Every single thing you just heard was from CNN, including the beginning, where Jake, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Chris Cuomo said that Donald Trump was attempting, attempting to pass blame to China by calling this the Wuhan or Chinese coronavirus. This is Chris Cuomo's network. And that was only one minute of two minutes of Wuhan coronavirus on CNN. Tying coronavirus to China and Chinese people isn't just a racist dog whistle. It's a whole racist orchestra. It's a mighty, mighty racist boss tone. I hear Stephen Miller in this foreign virus setting up Travel bans for the outside invasion of the disease? That's not the, the way Chinese coronavirus yeah, that they've been that's calling. not the first U.S. case of Chinese coronavirus. The Chinese coronavirus. Uh, this is coming as the Chinese coronavirus. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. Outbreak anxiety. The death toll nearly doubles in China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. Just how bad is China's coronavirus crisis? China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus outbreak. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. China's coronavirus. Concerns about the China coronavirus. Uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of a xenophobia, uh, right. to use that kind of term. Thanks to uh, MRC-TV, the Media Research Council, uh, for that little assembly. That was two minutes of hypocrisy by the American left. CNN primarily, a little bit of CBS and MSNBC mixed in there in the second minute. But all of them had been calling this the Wuhan coronavirus or the Chinese coronavirus from the beginning. Suddenly, they see Donald Trump and Kevin McCarthy using it. It's, hey, wait a minute. We can't let them pass blame to the Chinese. Number one, we like the Chinese. They're communists. And number two, that mitigates the blame for Trump. We've got to pin this on Trump. Stop letting them call it the Chinese coronavirus. We want this to be known as the Trump coronavirus, the Trump virus, the Trump Chernobyl, the the, uh, the New York Times calls it, rather. Because, you know, if you call it the Chinese coronavirus, well, then people are going to take it out on Chinese people by not eating at their restaurants. Right, Squid member Ayanna Presley? You know, since the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak, we have seen not only the spreading of the virus, but also a rapid spreading of racism and xenophobia. Uh, we have witnessed at the highest levels, in fact, of the Republican Party fanning irresponsibly uh, these flames. Um, one colleague tweeted that everything you need to know about the Chinese coronavirus, unquote. Uh, my district is home to nearly 32 percent foreign-born residents, with more than a quarter immigrating from Asia. This painful nobody cares. Rhetoric has consequences. No, it doesn't. Uh, restaurants across Boston's Chinatown have seen up to an 80 percent drop in business. And I believe this has everything to do with the rapid spread of misinformation and paranoia. No, it is the fact that people are afraid of catching the Chinese coronavirus. It's not racist, because guess what? If it was the French coronavirus, people would probably avoid French restaurants, not knowing what was imported from France with disease on hard surfaces or packing crates or anywhere else. It is not xenophobic. 
It is not racist. It is critical that we stand against these insightful messages and assuage fear in our communities. You know what I think you should do, Ayanna? I think it would be wise for you to consider telling the massive immigrant population in your district, in Boston, to never watch CNN again. Because CNN, I just played it for you, has been calling this the Wuhan coronavirus or the Chinese coronavirus for months. Months, I tell you. Have you taken to the House floor the way you just did now to condemn, quote, Republicans for calling it the Chinese coronavirus? Have you taken to the House floor to condemn CNN for that? MSNBC? No, I, I didn't think so. That's why I, we don't take very much that you squids have to say seriously. 216-901-0945, Let's go to Tanya calling us from Akron to talk about the Wuhan coronavirus. Hi, Hi Tanya, go ahead. Uh, I want to congratulate you for being able to do multiple radio shows and still stay healthy, so keep it up. I don't know about that yet. Let's say, <laughs> time, hey, time will tell whether I remain healthy. If it's been one hell of a week, I can tell you that. But thank you, Tanya. I do appreciate it. Um, isn't it funny? You know, it's funny that Biden and um, Sanders, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to immediately make the test free, and they're going to have tests available. Okay, and I'm going to ask, my question is how? The two things that uh, the Democratic Party have done over the last 50 years is, one, not been moral and not been, and not support real education. So I'm looking at, we have dumber people than we had 50 years ago because of the schools they sent them to, so they're going to come up with the development of the disease. Give me a break here. And morally, we have lost how many babies to abortion in the last 50? years that could have been one of them could have been an innovator of a viral a medicine or a vaccination that could have cured this disease that's been around it's called 19 so it's been around for 18 times before this in some variation we have to start thinking about where we're putting our faith and now they're trying to silence us I mean, my church just closed. Okay, we don't know when we're going to meet again, so they don't want us to meet together for fellowship and get spiritual awakening. They're not telling our kids not to go to school, so they're not getting educated. And now they're talking, and then they're talking about shutting down where we can assemble and hear other points of view other than CNN, Fox, ABC, MSNBC, okay? Something is happening, and we have to wake up. I'm a prayer warrior, so I'm going to pray. But I'm a person of science, too, so I understand. Wash your hands, cough in your arm, your elbow, and if you're sick, stay at home. Or spread your arms and be sick, you know, so you're at least a, a decent distance away from other people. But we're not getting a We're getting these arbitrary... One state says 50, I mean, 500 people can't meet. One says 100. Where are these numbers coming from? Are they, and are they based on the space they're going to be in? Or are they just, we just like this number, and it makes us, you know, seem like we're doing something. 
They're doing nothing. They're scaring people. And God is not a creator of chaos, so I just tell you where I think this stuff is coming from. Thank you, Bob. Tanya, I love you. You just you just made like five great phone calls in one call. Uh, I'm not even kidding. Uh, about being a prayer warrior, about the the need to get together in fellowship and faith during times like this. Uh, about uh, the government not allowing us to gather, pulling out arbitrary numbers. But the truth of the matter is, and thank you so much for calling. The truth of the matter is, um, most of what you said. At the end of that call, I had to really, really struggle and focus to pay attention to because of one of the things you said in the middle. And it is so true. We've talked about this kind of thing. People have made this argument before in terms of pro-life. Of all of the millions of lives that never got a chance to get started because of the scourge of abortion, particularly since Roe v. Wade, but just in general... Um, how do we know that the one innovator, Tanya asked, the one who is going to have seen this coming or recognized it and developed the vaccine for it immediately or maybe even before it began to spread, knowing the dangers of it, how do we know that that person wasn't one of those denied an opportunity to breathe? How do we know that that person wasn't one of those that was a victim of, quote, <clears throat> women's health care. Uh, after you said that, Tanya, everything else was almost, it was secondary. And the other stuff was really good, too. But it was secondary to that point. Because you're right. Where is that innovator? Where is that scientist right now? That, that innovator may have been destroyed because of women's health care, as they call it in the infanticide business. 20 minutes after 10, quick time out. Back after this, AM 1420, The Answer. I've been waiting for this moment. time for more phone calls on a free-for-all Friday edition in which we talk about everything that we're missing. By the way, I asked this at the end of the uh, Hugh Hewitt show this morning. And I want to ask it to you, my regular loyal audience. What are you going to do to pass the time this weekend and beyond? If you're a sports fan and you were going to watch a little bit of the Indian Spring Training, maybe you were going to watch Cavaliers basketball, maybe you're going to watch the NCAA's March Madness Conference basketball tournaments, maybe high school games, maybe the golf tournaments, the PGA. They're all gone. NHL gone. Eh, maybe you go to the movies. Ah, movies are contained in the spaces um, in which you uh, won't be able to keep that six-foot distance from other people, so you probably can't go to the movies. What are you going to do? Dwayne, who is uh, Hugh Hewitt's producer, Generalissimo, who came onto the air with me today, said that he's, uh, he kind of knows what's going to happen. In nine to ten months, we are going to see a massive explosion, a boom, if you will. New boomers! Okay, boomers. Okay, new boomers. Eight to nine, nine to ten months from now. I'm curious if this isn't going to lead to, we've got nothing else to do. I guess we're going to do that. I wonder. I wonder. And it's going to be really fascinating. I'm going to write this down so that six, or nine, nine to ten months from now, uh, let's look and see if the baby population has indeed exploded due to the coronavirus. Why not? Coronavirus, uh, coronavirus the Wuhan virus, is killing people. Let's respond to that by creating new ones. New life to replace that which is lost due to this worldwide pandemic. I can see that happening. In all seriousness, what are you going to do to pass the time? 
going to read for the first time in uh, ages. Lisa is calling us from Medina County, friends. Oh, my, I never thought of this. Lisa Woods, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you, Bob. Are you going to be allowed to have your meeting? Oh, yes. Yes, in fact, that's what, what, the main reason I'm calling is I contacted the venue, and we are still on. We will uh, still gather. We will still have our freedom of speech uh, tomorrow. Well, how do you know? What if you, what if you have 101 people? Are you going to kick two people out so that the meeting is legal? <laughs> we'll deal with that if we get there. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, though. Seriously, our huge event last night at uh, the Geauga County uh, Conservative Club was canceled, you know, out in Chesterland because we had well over 100 people. And uh, for some reason, Governor DeWine and his uh, his staff decided that 100 is the magic number. At 99, we're I safe know. from coronavirus. At 100 or 101, now we're in danger of coronavirus. How insane is that? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we'll probably have around sixty people, but that's okay. I'm I'm not too concerned about uh, about that. And, well, and you're even safe, if I guess. AC, even if for an AC would cancel, and he's not at this point, he has not. He's our guest speaker. We would mm-hmm. still meet, and we have much to talk about. Um, you know, while the rest of the country is freaking out, you know, we can still get a lot done, and there's plenty of issues to talk. And now's well, a great time to, you know, know our, our our folks and our neighbors, and you know, the whole bit. But well, especially yeah, because Tuesday, want... especially because Tuesday is the high primary. It's time to vote for you know judicial candidates. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and a number yep. of other things, uh, even though there won't be sure. a Republican presidential primary really to vote for. But, uh, but yeah, so it is good that you guys are still on. Yes. And so I just want to say that if you're sneezing, coughing, or blowing your nose, please don't come. But if you feel great and, you, you know, and you're into what we're talking about, please do come. And we're going to be in the upper, uh, the larger room upstairs at the Copper Top. And it's a big ballroom so we can spread out. You know, it, it, it could hold, you know, a large amount of people. But, you awesome. know, we'll just take what we have and spread out. We'll be fine. Tell everybody um, the time again. It'll be at 8.30 in the morning uh, at the Copper Top, and we've got Jim Renacy, uh, the founder of Ohio's Future Foundation. We'll be talking about the roadmap to recovery. We're really yeah, he was supposed to, to uh, He was supposed to join us yesterday, <laughs> too. He was one of the speakers uh, last I night know. that got canceled, so I'm glad I, he's going to be there. I was on my way there, Bob. I really was. So, you know, you... Peter and yourself are welcome to come and hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, what if we put you over the top? I mean, uh, we'll no, have to stand outside. We can't get in a hundred. <laughs> you know, you'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Please, well, everybody who's feeling good, come out, join us, stay calm, and we'll get a lot done during this time. Thanks for the responsible know? message, Lisa, about seriously, if you are you know symptomatic of these things, stay home. Don't get anybody else sick. But yeah. if you feel great, come on out. And that's, that's what everybody has to do. Practice common sense. Use some hand sanitizer. Yeah, wash your hands and just take care of yourself. Absolutely. Lisa, thank you so much for the call. Always great to hear from you. Appreciate that. I'm going to squeeze in one more before the bottom. Mark in uh, Fairview. Uh, Mark, go right ahead. Morning, Bob. I just wanted to, I'll move fast here, but uh, I saw this AOC the other day there and complaining about uh, the same thing. This uh, Who was it? Iona. Iona Presley. Presley, yeah. She's uh, 
complaining about the same thing and calling it racism because people weren't going to Chinese restaurants. But anyhow, we don't have enough facts. Anyhow, uh, how many steakhouses are half empty, you know? But anyhow, yeah, in, in our mindless state, uh, you know, there's really a problem with these people. You know, the, the scale's got racism on the brain, and that's all I want to say about that. But what I want well, to bring up Democrat. was... Well, she's a Democrat. They all do. I mean, seriously, their lives are, are, mm-hmm. are you know, that's why I call them the PPO. They're perpetually outraged at something or another, usually based on race. That's why we call it identity politics. They are always looking for somebody to champion their cause, whether it's race or whether it's LBGT or whether, whatever it is, it's we, we have to find a way to attack the giant patriarchal white male supremacist establishment on behalf of somebody. Women, or, or black, or Latinos, or gays, or this or that or the other thing. They live their lives in that perpetual state of victimization and outrage. And uh, those are just two great examples of it. I got a jet. Uh, uh, Mark, thanks for the call. It's uh, 1031. We'll get news here. We'll come back. We'll take more of your phone calls. I also have another guest coming up. Stay here for the final half hour of the Bob France Authority. doing seriously everything you hear it's doom it's gloom it's despair it's the end is nigh i don't have any toilet paper holy goodness stop the hysteria in all seriousness be smart be safe but be wise for crying out loud and if you seriously feel the need to to go back go out and buy every roll of tp that you can find and you can't find any just stop by your local newsstand there are plane dealers everywhere all right i mean seriously i mean let's just do it let's be smart about this do what you got to do 10:36 we continue on am 1420 the answer um you remember bernie sanders right um like 2 weeks ago he was going to be the democratic nominee for president Mr. Socialist, Mr. Green New Deal. Now, two weeks later, he's Mr. Who? It's all about Joe Biden. Uh, i got to give you this for a second to set up my next guest. Unfortunately, as I think the American people increasingly understand, our country is at a severe disadvantage compared to every other major country on Earth. Because we do not guarantee health care to all people as a right. <laughs> we would be much better off, says Bernie Sanders. I can't do it. I used to do it better than that. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to listen to more of him. But anyway, we can't do it without Medicare for All. Uh, we cannot treat everybody. Bernie Sanders has great ideas. Medicare for All, government in control of everything. And by the way, that includes... The Green New Deal that Bernie champions, along with Alexandria Damasio-Cortez. That's correct. I did not mispronounce that. Um, they champion the Green New Deal, which means an end to fossil fuels, an end to uh, carbon uh, emissions, and a return to apparently covered wagons, wooden wheels, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I set all of that up to welcome our guest to the program. 
Uh, Greg Cozera is the director of marketing for Shale Crescent USA. He is a professional engineer, and he's an author. And he is joining us now to talk about the extraordinarily uh, important um, influence that plastics, which of course are petrochemical products, which means they rely upon oil, which would not be allowed to be used in a Bernie Sanders world because they would come from fossil fuels in fighting the current coronavirus because plastics are an integral part of modern medicine. And I don't know nearly enough about this other than the petrochemical part, so let's let Greg tell us the rest of that story. Greg Cozera, thanks for the time this morning. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. I'm loving it. The sun's out, and it's a beautiful day in in the neighborhood, as we say. Uh, where, where's the neighborhood for you, Greg? Well, right now I'm in uh, West Virginia heading towards a meeting in Marietta. So, so, uh, you're, so you're in coal country. That, that's, that's, oh. evil, that's evil territory, according to, uh, according to the American <laughs> left. Well, coal country, and we're maybe more important, Shell Crescent, USA, is Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Your listeners may not realize this, but if that part of the United States, our three states, were a country, do you realize, Bob, that we would be the third largest natural gas producer in the entire world? The only place to produce more natural gas than our three states are the rest of the United States without us. Russia's number two, and everybody else, whether it's Saudi Arabia or Qatar, Canada, China way down the list. So that's how much gas we produce. And to your point, you know, I, I marvel because I noticed that uh, Bernie Sanders is alive because of, of hydraulic fracturing and petrochemicals. I noticed he didn't turn those those uh, turn that medical equipment and medical miracles away when he was in the hospital last year. Oh, wow. What a great point. What a great point. Yes, he did benefit, as does everyone who um, turns to modern medicine to save their lives when need be. Uh, and let's talk about that. Um, Greg Cozera, again, is my guest. He uh, is the author of a book called Just the Frax, Ma'am, and another one, Learned Leadership. Greg, let's talk, because what you just said about natural gas, that's a fascinating stat. I did not know that if you combined Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania, we'd be the third largest, largest producer of natural gas in the world. But um, that's great to know. Uh, and it is great to know that the rest of the country is producing that too that we are a net exporter of energy uh now for the first time uh in american history uh so we're we're you know and we have our wonderful fossil fuel industry to thank for that and this is what they are trying to end now a lot of us just defend it because of obviously the extraordinary uh, economic impact it would, that it would have on virtually everything but nobody talks about it in terms of medicine nobody talks about how important plastics are to saving the lives of all of these people who are battling coronavirus and as you mentioned a cardiac patient named bernie sanders tell us about uh, the outsized influence of plastics in medicine oh my goodness if if when you'll see the nightly news tonight and your listeners that watch that you're going to see probably 90 percent of what you see on that screen is going to be plastics when they show the coronavirus all those gowns gloves uh, the IV bottles and those tubes, the, the uh, you know, if you're getting injections, the, even the test kits, plastic. And, and you know, that's, that's all our masks. Those are all petrochemical-based. So you look at all that stuff. That, right today, petrochemicals, plastic, are the front-line defense against that virus because otherwise we can go back to the days of, you know, we got cloth gowns and we got to worry about washing those and, I mean, I was in the hospital for surgery in, in November, and, you know, I, I guess I'm wheeling me into the operating room. I'm looking at all this equipment. I'm saying, wow, 
all this stuff is plastic. Even my IV came wrapped in plastic, so I knew that it was sterile. So all that is infection control, such a huge thing in hospitals. And now somebody gets the coronavirus, we've got to isolate them. Well, how are we doing that? We're doing that with plastics and petrochemicals. And the Bernies and even the Joe Bidens of the world, I assume unknowingly, by banning fossil fuels, you either do, do one or two things. You will either eliminate all those products, Bob, or we become depending on, dependent on our friends in Russia and OPEC to provide us with those fine things that we need. That, that, that's exactly right. Somehow, some way, we need them, whether we uh, manufacture and, and explore and produce or we have to import it. That is exactly right. Now, well, here's what I want to know. Uh, Greg, we're talking to... Um, uh, uh, Greg Cozera, who is uh, with Shale Crescent USA, director of marketing for them, as well as an author of Just the Frax, Ma'am. Do the opponents of petrochemicals, do the opponents of these plastics and all of the life-saving applications that you just laid out, do they not know it? Do they not know that plastic isn't an organic item, that it comes from, uh, it is produced using some of the very fossil fuels uh, that they rail against? Do they not know it? Are they dumb? Or do they know it, but they just don't want to address it? And, and, and they, because then they'll have to be confronted with their own hypocrisy. I guess that's a really good question, man. I would like to think that that they're they just are ignorant. But you know, your guess is as good as mine. But what because what they don't realize, even you know, we got the ant we call the anti fossil fuel crowd doesn't even grasp the idea. They keep promoting renewables. But you can't have a windmill or solar panel without fossil fuels. That's that's so basic. I mean, the, the the petrochemicals, the plastics that go into those those systems. Are petrochemical based. Matter of fact, I, I've I've been up running the interstates a lot of years. Interstate seventy nine. I've seen a lot of windmill blades. And I've never seen one hauled Bob by a twenty mule team. It's always on a truck <laughs> built and fueled by fossil fuels. And and you know here's the rest of the story. You got you know all Bernie and Joe when they I didn't I have not seen them do their stump speeches from the back of a of a steam locomotive like Lincoln did. I mean they always seem to be in a plane or a bus. Built by fossil fuels, fueled by fossil fuels, and you know what I hear from the, from a lot of those folks is this is what you should do. But isn't great leadership? And we look at the leaders of all time, starting with Jesus Christ and moving forward. They all led by example. Where's the example? Yeah, well, it's good. What's good for thee is not for me. That is their. Ma- that is essentially the the message that they have. And you're right. Not only do they get on planes with uh, fossil fuels and so on and so forth, um, usually private ones. They don't share rides with other people, which can minimize the, uh, uh, you know, the impact that they have their own. And t- just real quick to to the point about the um, uh, the windmill blades. I saw several pictures online in recent weeks. I don't know why they just kind of popped up of essentially um, windmill uh, blade graveyards. These do not decompose. The way that they make these, I don't know exactly what it is, but the way they make these blades, they do not decompose for like 10,000 years or something like that. So in the interest of biodegradables, which is what they're all about, and they're saying we need to use these windmills to generate power, to generate, you know, wind, uh, uh, generate power from wind, um, the, 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 the actual materials they use to build these blades uh, will not decompose, and they're essentially just laying in landfills where they will lay forever and ever and ever until what? I don't know. No, that's true. They're, a lot of them are made out of fiberglass, and, and to your point, that's exactly what's going on. So, you know, 
we would, and, and this is some really cool stuff I'll, I can share with, with you and your listeners. Shellcrest in the USA, we're a mark, we're a private, we're, we're not government. We're, we're a group of community leaders that got together to really market this region to the world because the world didn't know that we have this abundant natural gas resource. So what, when I talk to, like, for instance, companies in Asia, they want to come here because their number one concern is security of their energy and feedstock. And here's the, we have, where you and I sit today, this is the only place on planet Earth where a company can build on top of their feedstock and in the middle of their customers, because Ohio and West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Indiana are the biggest users of, uh, of manufacturers using the polyethylene and polypropylene pellets. They make stuff. And most of that in Ohio is one of the leading manufacturers of plastic products in, in the world. So that's, that's, that's jobs. But, man, more importantly, I'm talking to a company just two weeks ago from Asia, and this guy has come up with a replacement. He's got months for short. He, he's working on a biodegradable plastic bag. Now, that's what he told me, and this was fascinating, Bob. He said, you know, your folks want to ban those things. He said, what they don't understand, they'll never be banned because in the rest of the world we need them because when our folks in my country go to the market, they're putting their rice or their beans or their bloody meat into a plastic bag. If the paper doesn't cut it. So he's working on a way, and he wants to come to Ohio to manufacture these things, and which will provide local jobs, high-tech jobs. And that's what we do, bring these companies over here. And can you imagine someone like that coming here, setting up shop because we've got cheap energy, a great late workforce, and we can actually change the world for the better. That is such a great point. Greg Cosera is our guest. We're talking about the incredibly important uh, role that plastics play in, in a lot of areas of our lives, as we're talking about, which flies in the face of those who uh, would seek to get rid of them because they seek to get rid of, um, of fossil fuels. They don't understand petrochemicals, or they do, but they just don't want to talk about that part of this. And the important play, uh, role they play, rather, in uh, medical uh, care, especially as we fight the coronavirus. And especially, here's what I would love to see. I would love to see Alexandria or any of these others who are decrying fossil fuels and thus plastics if they find out that there is coronavirus um there are coronavirus germs um in a in a press conference that they are holding and they see everybody around them wearing plastic gloves so that they don't uh touch these surfaces and contract that virus how fast do you think these hypocrites would reach for the box of those uh, uh of those uh, latex gloves uh, in other words if it's if it's going to help me if it's going to aid me if it's going to save me I'm all about it. Uh, if they had any any courage of their convictions at all, they would say, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice here with my paper gloves because I'm not putting on latex. Amen. Uh, and, you know, that's you, you got to walk the talk if you're serious. You know, something else that's yeah. that bizarre is here's the rest of the story that you won't hear on most of the major media. Because in the last 10 years, because of our region, and, and we're producing a third of the nation's gas right now from Shell Crescent, but as this, as this, as we began to increase production here from our shale reservoirs, what we saw is the American consumer, your listeners, and you and me, have saved over $1.1 trillion because of low natural gas prices. Now, the rest of that's great. But the better story is, in those 10 years, the last 10 years, starting in 2008, while we've increased our use of natural gas, the CO2 levels in this country, we're down 14%. International Energy Agency tells us that we are the only country on planet Earth, we're down 14%, that's on target to meet the Paris Agreement 
that we're not even part without of. even being so, in the Paris Agreement. <laughs> without even being in the Paris Agreement. No. So here, if you're AOC and if you're Bernie and if you're you're uh, Biden and if and if you're anti fossil fuel, shouldn't you be looking at that and saying, you know, if I'm serious, this really is the problem. Shouldn't we be looking at what the United States is doing and using more natural gas? And actually, we're exporting our gas to places like India, where my pastor's from India. And he came back and he said, you know, New Delhi's a whole lot cleaner now because they're burning American natural gas. Isn't that the right thing to do morally? I mean, we're talking about, NPR did a story a few years ago where half the school-aged kids had COPD. Now, I didn't see any any AOC and any of these other folks stepping up and trying to do something to help those folks. If they'd have been starving, we'd have sent them food. But the American oil and gas industry, because of what we've done and our ability to export We've been able to help real people with a better environment, and ultimately it helps us because cleaner air in India ultimately helps us here in the United States. Greg Cozera, really great information, and it's so important to hear it uh, from somebody who's an expert in the field. Greg is with uh, Shale Crescent USA, uh, also a professional engineer and author as well, Just the Fracks, ma'am. Greg, thanks so much for the great insight, and uh, we certainly appreciate the time. Hey, more information, they, they can, your, your listeners can go to shellcrescentusa.com or gregcazera.com to see the books. But lots of great information on the Shell Crescent website. Appreciate that. Thank thanks you for, for, thanks you for the tip. You got it. Appreciate that. Thank you, Greg. That's shellcrescentusa.com. Final time out now, final segment coming on AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed. Last segment. Let's squeeze as many of the calls in as we can. We're jammed up, and I apologize for that. Try to keep your comments to under 45 seconds so we can get everybody in. Larry, Twinsburg, you're on the air. Go right ahead, Larry. Hi, Bob. Nice to talk to you. Number, I, I'm very suspicious about this whole thing. I really am. Let me. I have wrote down some talking points. Let me uh, call them out to you. Number one, we're dealing with these communist Democrats that are as evil as evil is. Uh, example of that is abortion, okay, how they support that. Number two, Bill Maher said a, a while back on television that a recession is worth it if we get rid of Trump. Hmm, okay. Number three, in the beginning of this virus, I remember hearing very often that the origin of it is very suspicious. Wow, okay. Go to another point. Now, now the communist leaders are saying that the virus was really originated in America, brought to China. Wow, Okay. That's what they're saying. Uh, That's what the commies are saying. You're right. Yeah, but but in the beginning, when they first started talking about this virus, they were saying that the origin was very suspicious. Um, and they, the, we were keeping on hearing about, uh, we need a recession. We need a recession to get Trump out. You know, it wasn't going that way. The economy was booming. But now suddenly, the panic that they're causing, if this doesn't cause a recession, nothing will. And it, it just everything seems to be just falling into place too too evenly for them for their agenda, and I, and we're dealing with very evil people, and so I, I am extremely suspicious. I'm not saying I'm right, but I am sure suspicious and and uh, very careful about what they what I hear and what I see. I and, am too, um, Larry. Uh, I'm with you. I, I am just as suspicious for a lot of the same reasons you just mentioned. Thank you, my friend. I do appreciate the call. Let me get to Nancy in Cleveland next. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Bob. Uh, Two and a half weeks ago, there was an art investigative article in the New York Times about a dozen uh, uh, professors 
from uh, Harvard University that were working in the Hunan lab, okay, and that's where they're trying to find out that they believe that that virus came from that lab. Plus, they were paid like $50,000, and what they were doing was illegal, and it was on the Glenn Beck show two and a half weeks ago. And so if you could look up this ad or, or paper and see where you can go with this to bring us more information. Well, I can tell you this, Nancy. Thanks for the call. There are uh, two labs that are bio-weapon <clears throat> labs or bio chemical labs uh, that have been used for weaponizing uh, bio, uh, uh, biological agents' purposes in Wuhan, China. Two different labs. They're recognized and acknowledged by the United States State Department. And the belief is, by many, that it did come from one of them, perhaps accidentally, that they have coronavirus in those labs. They have many viral uh, um, agents in those labs, and they're usually, obviously, very well contained, uh, you know, in pressure-sealed and, uh, you know, airtight areas so on and so forth, but that mistakes do happen, and it could have perhaps escaped the lab with a, a, a crack in a seal, that sort of thing. Or it could have been intentional for the purposes of indeed doing what they're doing now, blaming the United States and trying to harm the United States and our economy. Kenny and LaGrange, I've only got time for 40 seconds. Kenny, go ahead, sir. Uh, concerning this arbitrary figure of 100 people in, a, in, a, in, a, in an event, Tomorrow we are going to have a military procession in Amherst for a Vietnam veteran, a Navy corpsman, and just the military contingent should be well over 100 people. Is Governor DeWine going to send out somebody to count the people at this uh I would hope not, Kenny. I would hope not, but I heard somebody say today that he is going to police enforce that rule. Now, I don't know if you'll do that with a military parade or a veteran ceremony like that. And I thank you for the call, my friend. But they are going to use police to enforce that new rule. So we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Thanks, everybody, for a great day. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye.